Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to be talking about this article that um, one of my Facebook group members shared, which was that women do not marry their best sex ever. And it was this depressing article that I've linked you to that says, like, basically 66% of women would rather take a nap that were clean or something than have sex with their spouse. And um, uh, everybody's fantasizing about their ex. And if you're volatile and crazy, you're an ex boyfriend for that reason but you were also awesome in bed and I call bullshit on this this is like totally incorrect and just fear mongering among insecure men and uh, I will get into that right after I tell you to subscribe because I'm going to be coming up with some more subscriber episodes the most recent one was about sex and uh what was it about it was about not lying about your sexual past, which is related actually to this topic of today. And then there was intercourse is fucking up your sex life and oral sex on women. And then I have some others on parenting and relationships. It's not all just about sex, but a lot of them are. So anyhow, um, so this, this article is just basically fear mongering and there, there's no reason why you can't or don't marry the best sex you ever had. The best sex is not like a construct that shows up like a prepackaged, you know, thing. Like there are no men who are good in bed. Like this this entirely this myth should be debunked. The men who are good in bed with one woman are not good in bed with the next woman because there is no such thing as just good in bed. Like everything is subjective. And I'm not going to be like I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass that like, you know, I mean looks are subjective, but sure if you're a model, then you're attractive, you know? But like a man who could be someone's best sex is not, is another woman's worst sex. Like really, women are like, there's a lot of variety going on. And I mean, literally some women like rough sex and some women like very gentle sex. So the rough sex guy may be somebody's amazing dreamboat and the other woman is like, who is this animal, right? So there is like, that's why these, there, there are certainly ways, like if if you've never understood what a clitoris is, then yeah, you should be using Dr. Google on that one. But like the overall, yes, there are w- women have the same anatomy mostly. And, uh, and yes, there are certain places that certain things are. But in terms of how, when, and with what sort of pressure and everything that you touch, whether you talk or not, the sort of power dynamic that's going on, the mental piece, every woman is different. So when you're in a relationship with a man, if you're a woman, you ought to be training him how to please you. And then either you're going to make him into the best sex you've ever had and marry him or else he's going to leave you the better for having known you. And if there are other women that have preferences similar to yours, then he will 
uh, know more about them and be a better lover to them. However, he still won't start out as the best sex they've ever had either because remember, they would have to train him how to be good for them. This is like such a massively misunderstood concept. Like when you're a teenage boy, you like gonna like look at, you know, porn and say, okay, if I memorize how to do these various things in this order, then I'm gonna be the best sex that a woman ever had. I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna show her my certificate. Like I know how to do, uh, you know, five different positions from porn or 55. And she's gonna be like, wow, you're the best sex I've ever had. Or else if I last, you know, uh, an hour and not five minutes and I'll be the best sex. No, none of those things are real. Those are not real. It's extremely subjective what makes somebody the best sex that somebody's ever had. So every woman, not just some women, every woman should be marrying the best sex that she ever had because if you cannot train him to be the best sex that you've ever had and you cannot learn together exploring one another's bodies about how to make each other the happiest that you've ever been sexually, why are you marrying this person? They're not going to get better. They're going to get worse. And your desire to teach this person when your libido is lower is going to wane. So in the initial honeymoon stage is also the good time for teaching and training. It isn't like, like if women learn about the honeymoon phase from listening to my blog and from thinking about libido and all of this, they shouldn't say, okay, that's the time where like anything goes and like basically anything he does is good. And so that's good. That's the time when you're also the most enthusiastic about sex in general. And that's when you should be teaching. You should be teaching from every encounter. There should be no faked orgasms, which I've already talked about on my blog and on my podcasts. And from the very beginning, and this doesn't mean that you have to get out a diagram and a PowerPoint about a vagina. This means that from the very first encounter, you should be saying, slow down, wait, I like this, just like that, etc. All of the wonderful teaching and training tools that you learn and do with, you know, your kids or with your animals or with whoever, like people know basic like teaching of behavioral tricks and then they totally neglect to do it with the guy. Now, to women's credit, sometimes guys can really get what is now fashionable to call it butt hurt or hurt or sulky when they get corrected. So if you are listening to this and you are a guy that if a woman says slow down, you're going to like sniff and sigh and roll your eyes and lose your erection, then like you got to change because you're never going to learn. I mean, you can't help but lose your erection. If you lose your erection, you just wait till it comes back. But um, you're never going to learn how to best please a woman if you are somebody who sulks when they get feedback. So you're never going to be somebody's best sex ever if you're sulky because you are then operating under a completely illogical precept that you have to come to the encounter, an encounter with a brand new female body, being already wonderful in bed, which is basically impossible. And if you receive any feedback that would allow you to be better, you're going to basically make yourself somebody who she never wants to give feedback to again because you're so sulky and difficult. Thereby, you are ensuring that you are going to be among the worst sex that she's ever had because she cannot tell you and teach you and train you. The number one thing in sex to be good is open-mindedness and receptivity to feedback. As I frequently say, 
good giving and game. I didn't come up with that. That's uh, Dan Savage. So the the three G's. If you are not um, game to to get feedback, to learn, to be trained, you got to be coachable. Guys could be totally coachable. They were like a high school college athlete. They're totally coachable. And then a woman is like trying to move around her vagina different, and he's like getting offended. What are you getting offended? Do you not want the woman to enjoy her experience? Of course you do. Globally, macro level, you do. Micro level, you're getting insulted. So tell yourself, don't show it. Don't show that I'm insulted because then I'm going to take away my opportunities to actually become the best lover that she's ever had. Now, if you've been dating somebody for a couple of years and you still can't get them to be the best lover you've ever had and you're still thinking about your ex, like some of these women in this article, what the hell are you doing marrying this guy? Don't marry him. I understand maybe your ex was crazy. He's volatile. He was, you know, lighting shit on fire. Uh, But you know what? You could find another guy that isn't your ex and isn't your current partner that is nice and stable and also wants to learn how to please you. Like, there, it's not very hard to find a man who wants to spend hours in bed learning how to please you. This is like that men could drop out the sky, like literally that want to do that. That is like a good thing for a man. Men want to spend extensive amounts of time learning how to please you. Even the sulky ones really only need one time to be told, if you're sulky like that, that's why I'm not going to tell you, um, you're, that's why I don't like to tell you things in bed. And then how are we going to learn to be each other's best lover? I mean, if a woman outright says that, it's a very rare man that will actually be like, no, I'd actually rather sulk, you know? I don't want to actually learn to please you. No, not at all. Fooey, fooey. I don't think so. That isn't real. But if you're with such a guy, get rid of him, (laughs) right? If you're with the one guy who's like, no, fuck you. I don't want to learn how to please you. Then you say, you know, there's the door and let me pick up my phone and get back on match.com or whatever because there's a million other men who are waiting to not only be a nice guy, guy and the kind of guy you want to marry, but also to learn how to be your best sex ever, which isn't hard because you're teaching him how to be the best sex ever for you. So there are so many guys that could be your best sex ever if they got the right training. Basically, all they need is a can-do attitude and for you to be physically attracted to them. There are many men that, 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 that have that and then there's this other related shit about the penis size where men are, think that women want like a 13-inch penis. Women don't want a 13-inch penis. They, they're fine with a normal size penis. Google average penis size and you may be pleasantly surprised because it's not, a, you know... It's not nine inches. I think it's like, I think it's like five something inches. I mean, I, it's really, the women are not, there's all this like, uh, uh, you know, like urban legend almost about that women only want huge penises. Most women don't think about penises, which is, you know, a sad fact of being a heterosexual man. Most women don't think about penises that much. If you're like an awesome guy, you can have a very small penis and you could make her very happy in bed. So much less of the sex life is about intercourse and penis and vagina than most men think. The foreplay is king. The entire mental p- 
piece, being confident, being sexy. I was talking to a, a young, younger male client the other day about this. I said, you know what? Women want twilight, you know, like they want that romantic, you know, you'll do anything for her. You're looking at her in her eyes. You're making this a very romantic scene. That's the type of passionate shit that most women want even when they're not 16 years old anymore. And you could do that no matter what size penis you have. Like, is it nice to have a big penis? Sure. Is it nice to look like a supermodel for a woman? Sure. These are lovely bonuses. For the average person, they do not come into play at all. So, you know, and and also it's not like, it's not like the, you know, like the saying that I always say, for every beautiful woman, there's a man tired of fucking her. And for every man with a 10-inch dick, there is a woman tired of fucking him. So it really has not much to do with how your long-term monogamous relationship is going to go if you are on the extremes of any of these things. So what do you need to be the best lover that a woman ever had? You need her to be attracted to you, which you will know, because she will touch you, she will look at you, she will mention that you you're cute. If she doesn't do any of those things, don't try to convince yourself that she's attracted to you because she's not. If she never touches you, if she doesn't reach out to kiss you, if she doesn't mention that you're cute ever in any context, then she doesn't think that. Get out of it now. Get out of it ahead of time before you end up realizing that she was never attracted to you. So, there, there are real, like, like don't put your head in the sand. It, it's an uncomfortable topic to think somebody may not be attracted to you. But, and this goes like times a million for women. Because as I've talked about, men need to think the woman's really hot for things to work. If you are with a man and he does not say that you are beautiful, get out of Dodge immediately. Get out. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Leave. Because it, it will never get better. He will be looking at other women. You are not his type. If he doesn't call you beautiful, unless he is mute and he's signing it at you, then you you cannot be with him. He has to think that you're beautiful and the woman has to think you're cute. Yeah, there's a distinction. Oh, kill me. There's a double standard. <laughs> but women are not as visual. So for a woman saying, oh, you look cute is really the equivalent of a guy saying to a woman, you look beautiful. So it's that's the way that it goes. So what do you need? You need somebody who's attracted, a woman who's attracted to you and that she teaches you how to be her best lover. That's how to be her best lover. If now some men are like, oh, I begged her, I begged her to teach me and tell me what she likes and she has no idea. Well, look, (laughs) you know, A, she may not be that sexual. B, she may be kind of repressed. Or C, you may be a dick and may be sulking about these sorts of things in ways that you don't know. Get into couples and sex therapy. It is a very nice, safe, not nice, nobody likes to go to couples counseling. This isn't people's favorite thing to do. But it is a safe and informative and educational and a, you know, different kind of environment that gets you both out of your comfort zones and talking to an objective person about your sex lives. And maybe then your wife can either be entreated to tell you finally what she likes or to think deeply about why she doesn't like anything and to in some ways try to reclaim her sexuality vis-a-vis couples or individual counseling and or at least think about why she doesn't seem to have any preferences. You can refer back to myriad articles and posts and everything that I have on 
women with low libidos and all the various reasons they may have it. And but this, but what we're talking about here is not women who have never liked sex and never had any preferences. This article is talking about women that had great sex with these other guys, but for some reason aren't having great sex with the man they married. This should never happen. If you are capable of having an orgasm with one man that was a total nut job otherwise, then you are completely capable of teaching Joe Schmo, nice guy that you're attracted to, smart, loving person, uh, how to give you the same mind-blowing orgasm. People are not that anatomically different. And if you cannot teach the next man that you're in love with, then he is not supposed to be your husband. You should only be marrying a guy that you're attracted to and that you could teach to have good sex with you, great sex with you, better sex than you had with the nut job in college because you have more years to work on it because it's the rest of your lives. And this is an ongoing project of, you know, exploration is to make your sex life the best that it could be and to understand one another at increasingly deep levels over time so that you can explore and you can eventually get to where the sex is so much better than it ever was with somebody with whom you did not have that much experience. This is a a quantitative thing eventually, not just qualitative. The more practice you have, the better the person can can get. So if you're not practicing frequently, it's no wonder that your sex is disappointed because nobody's able to learn because nobody's doing anything. There's no practice time. How would you get better at hockey without practice or at tonsil hockey? See, that was good. <laughs> but anyway, my, my point is that this is not a thing where you just come preternaturally with a skill set of sexual prowess and you present it to the princess. That's not how this shit works. The princess got to teach you what to do and you have to be a loving and open-minded recipient of all of that knowledge. All right, so hopefully you guys got something out of this and I will talk to you all soon and please do subscribe.